0: welcome to lacrosse classified on the lax all-stars podcast network presented by extreme threads your home for the latest news from the national lacrosse league and indoor lacrosse now let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts jake elliott and evan schemenauer
1: all right, lacrosse fans, you heard the man. It's time to take your seats, settle down. Lax Class is in session once again here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Jake Elliott Evan are with you. And week 10 of the National Lacrosse League is in the books. Week 11, a light week 11, is on deck in the NLL. Another great show lined up for you here this week. On Extreme Threads, lacrosse classified goaltender for the Toronto Rock, Nick Rose and the voice of the Colorado Mammoth one, Edward Teddy Jenner will join us here on the podcast. Evan, uh, let's get you in here right off the top. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you?
2: Well, doing alright. My eyes are finally recovered, so I can finally get another random thought this week. It's been a while. So. Good,
1: yeah. Well, we'll talk about random thoughts a little later in the show and uh, have you had a chance to, to recover waking up in second place uh, this week?
2: Uh yeah the i can't say i was overly impressed with the effort but when you're struggling a win's a win and i'm just happy i won the bet against the chad because i was mm. sweating it out there for a while that the connor robinson jersey was headed out, east, out west
1: well there's something else uh we'll talk about a little later on in the show and who you had stampede Attack, who you had uh but first we like to do something we called or no that was we we're going to talk about that and who you got <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, who we had in Week 10. It was a big Week 10 in the National Cross League. Just before we get started here, Evan, update the fans where we stood before we get into who we had here.
2: Of course, you're getting back into your bragging stages. Uh, you went five and one this week. Uh, the only one you had wrong was the opening uh, Philly-New England game. And I'm just I gonna stop. One.
1: I'm just gonna stop you right there, Evan, because if you back the tape up, if you go back to last week's show, I also oh ever wanted to pick Philadelphia in that game, and you kind of convinced me not to pick Philly in that game. So I should have gone a perfect six and zero, oh, but five and one will do. Carry on, sir.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, you got the pick second. You you had every opportunity to switch that one, so don't blame me on that one. Uh, I went forward to, I also had the Colorado-Georgia uh, game wrong, which a fan in Georgia wrote me right afterwards listening to the podcast, like, do you know Georgia's never won in Colorado? Wonderful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where was that information uh, a couple of days earlier, right? Uh, my goodness. Okay, let's get into it. Stampede Tech. Who we had and our brand-new sponsor here on Lacrosse Classified, your complete source for boots, hats, belts, jeans, and anything country. I know you're a big fan, Evan. They ship Canada-wide, located in Cloverdale since 1967. Shop online at stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local i fully encourage you to do that i've been into the stampede tack and westernware store out there in cloverdale evan it is like i don't know if you ever watched the show i can't remember what it's called but like outdoor man where they got like the the huge you know wood log cabin building with the tents and everything in there it's the same thing here for stampede tack and western it's a massive store and they got everything you could ever want uh as far as country, go. I know the professional bull riders stop in there uh, all the time to pick up their gear. It is a really cool <laughs> store, even if you're not a big country guy, just to check out, and uh, they got some really neat stuff in there.
2: Well, and maybe we should mention, too, that the bet has been finalized. Oh, yes, yes. The loser is going to get some gear from Stampede Tack. They're going to get dressed up in the chaps, the boots, the vest, the hat, everything, and some nice photos are going to be taken.
1: Mm. You
2: know, I don't know if this is actually a bad thing to lose. If I get to especially if I get to keep the hat, I'd be happy.
1: <laughs> well, I tell you what, I don't know, you know, I've I've done I've had to do some things over the years. Like I know uh, I had a bet with, with somebody from Saskatchewan there a while back. I had to put a watermelon on my head. Uh this'll this'll be a new experience for me. It's giving me some extra motivation to actually try and win who you got here because I, I really want to see you uh in a in a full get up. So Let's get into it. It was a Friday night game that kicked off Week 10 in the National Lacrosse League. It was 6-1 and one going up against 4-3. and three. Toronto against San Diego. The Rock were at home. San Diego coming off that disappointing loss to Vancouver. Toronto, I believe, coming off a bye week. And no rest for the Rock. It took all 60 minutes to get it done, but 12-11 Toronto over the Seals.
2: And you have to be impressed with the Seals' performance here because they're playing the best team in the league at the moment, and they were three Nick Rose saves at the buzzer away from pulling this one off. Uh, Very good, consistent effort from the Rock, eight different goal scorers. You're not going to see anything crazy on the stat line here other than Dan Craig getting a hat-trick. But what was an offensive explosion in the first half became a defensive struggle in the second and you take a look at what Toronto was able to do to Austin Stots, and the last few games teams have been able to do this to him in completely limit him. He had he took twenty one shots, only one went in the back of the net. And uh he's it looks like he's trying to start to force things. That he's taking lower percentage shots to try and get out of a slump and he should be using those other players that are now further open because the defense is so focused on him. Um, And the other thing you can take away from this game, Toronto with another one-goal win. They seem to be the kings of winning these one-goal games.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's taken me a while to actually get sold on Toronto, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't really, you know, like I kind of had Buffalo ahead of them in, in the power rankings for a couple of weeks, even though Toronto had a better record. The Rock are at the top of my list now. I believe Toronto is for real, and I just I just watched that team kind of be pulled along by Chelan Rogers, who is just continuing to get better and better and better, and uh this guy the captain of the rock is going to be he's going to go down in the books as as one of the greatest of all time. I fully believe that. Like he I just and the game is so effortless to him the way he runs and checks like he and then he can put the ball in the goal too. it's uh, it's pretty amazing to watch. And you mentioned Nick Rose who we're going to talk to kind of stare down a bunch of shots at the end of that game, and and those are pressure saves. And and Rosie makes them look uh, like they're not pressure saves, and that's the mark of a good goaltender as well. And for a guy that you think back and you kind of track his career, Evan, you know, starting out in Boston as a backup there, then getting traded to Calgary, finally kind of ending up back home but had to wait behind Brandon Miller for a number of years, and then they kind of split time, and then, Rosie kind of took over, and they weren't really, you know, they're around a 500 team, but weren't really clicking along. He's just continued to get better and better over the course of his career and now is a bona fide number one. And the way Toronto is going, you got to look at him, putting him on that list uh, for Team Canada come September because he's playing that well right now.
2: He absolutely is, and he's one of these consistent guys. You're never going to see him at the top of the goaltending standing, I think it was one year here where he was, but he's one of those guys that you're going to get that solid performance game after game after game, and it's really what you want from a goaltender because then you know what you've got to do to win the game, and you're not really worried about what's going on behind you um, both the only thing he hasn't done lately is score a goal. He had that one season a couple of years ago where he right. scored twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it was fun watching all the guys that were behind him in the goal scoring standings. But right, right. Um, you know. Yeah, certainly he has to get consideration for Team Canada as well.
1: Alright, so let's move on. Robbie Hellier continuing to go about his business as he is back to full health and leading the Rock and scoring as well. One of my favorite players to watch in Rob Hellyer. Uh, next game up featured uh, the first half of a home and home. You suggested maybe we book in these games. I think we're going to leave the second one for last year and go in order, Evan, because I think that's the right way to do things. I'm hosting the show, so that's the way we're doing it here on Who You Got. Uh, Philadelphia, at New England or excuse me New England at Philadelphia Wings come in at 1-8 and eight. Black Wolves come in at 4-3 and three. I really wanted to take the Wings in this game I ended up not taking them and it was regretful because the Wings put in a great performance from start to finish Doug Bucking gets the win Philly their second win of the year 14-10 the final over the Black Wolves
2: and finally a 60 minute effort from Philly that was you know, we're sitting there watching this game. We're texting back and forth, and Philly uh, picked up a lead early in the fourth, and I'm sitting there waiting for the collapse to happen, and it didn't happen finally. And, you know, that, that was really the catalyst here. They got four early in the fourth quarter, so they didn't have that fourth quarter letdown. Um, maybe it took a little wind out of their sails for game two, but, you know, finally that consistent performance Philly needed, and here's the thing. Had they been swept this year, season's over. Yeah. Season is completely over. So to get that first win was absolutely critical just to keep their season alive.
1: Crowley gets four and uh, kind of stings his old team a little bit. That one had to feel good for the Wings as they get the victory. They move to two and eight. New England drops to four and four. Those two teams would meet again. Well, quick turnaround for them. Uh the very next day in an afternoon game to boot. But before we get to that, uh, maybe the game of the week here, Evan. 7-2 and two, Buffalo Bandits hosting the 5-4 and four Calgary Roughnecks. Remember now, Buffalo coming off that big win over Georgia. Calgary coming off that big win over Saskatchewan. Something had to give here, and this was a heck of a lacrosse game. Buffalo manages to squeak it out by 2 here, 12-10 over the Roughnecks. But give Calgary some credit. They were game in this one against the Bandits.
2: Absolute gem to watch back and forth. If one team got a goal, the next one got the other one. Or if they went on a two-goal run, the other team got it back. Difference in the end was the Bandits just going on a bit of a better run. They got six of the last eight. Uh, But a total team effort. We talked about a team effort from Toronto. Ten different goal scorers for the 12 in Buffalo. Nobody had more than four points. So, you know, everybody contributing at the end uh, really it came down to which goaltender was going to steal the show at the end. And Matt Vince just having a little bit better of a second half than Chris Del Bianco. And that was the difference.
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those games where as the losing team, you can go away, especially being a road game in front of 13,000 there in Buffalo. Where you can go, you know what, we didn't win that game. We showed up. We played hard and we just got beat tonight and, and not really you know feel too bad about that loss. That's a tough environment against a really good team on a road game, and you lose by two and uh not the end of the world there for the Roughnecks. I think they come away with that feeling pretty good about themselves, even though they didn't get the victory. And I don't know who put out the stat, Evan, but I saw somebody put out that the Buffalo Bandits are sharing the ball more than any other team in the National Lacrosse League. They have more assists per goal. I think they're upwards around like 22 assists per game, something like that. And the stat was that whoever has led that category in the National Lacrosse League over the last three years has won the championship. And Buffalo right now about three better than the next closest team in the that category. So uh something to keep an eye on. Buffalo really sharing the ball on offense. And that team is clicking right now. We saw Chris Kluche get a goal in that one as well. And it was a big goal. I believe it might have been the game winning goal for Kluche in that one, wearing the number two in Buffalo now for the bandits. As we move along here in Stampede Tax, who we had and next game up was Georgia in Colorado, and you mentioned somebody let you know that Georgia has never won in Colorado, and uh, that would have been a pretty easy pick had we known that uh, a week ago, but we didn't. You picked Georgia, I picked Colorado. The Mammoth beat the Swarm 10-8. And
2: one heck of a scary incident in this one. Yes. Ryan Vanessa going head first into uh, Mike Poole and, and having to be stretchered off, and I I had actually flipped back to the Saskatchewan game when I saw the Twitter notifications going off, switched back, looking at him being stretchered off, and it was literally seeing the Mammoth season flash before their eyes because, you know, sure they could probably win some games without Banesh. Could they make a deep run without him? No. Thankfully,
1: he's okay.
2: He actually was trying to get back out on the floor. Yeah. Doctors wouldn't let him. But, you know, it's very good. Stupid doctors.
1: What do they know? (laughs)
2: Yeah. But, uh, you know, a great, great performance by the Colorado defense. To keep Georgia down to eight goals is no easy feat. Um, And they have to do that because if you look at the stats, the Mammoths have scored the fewest goals in the league so far this year. They're second lowest only to the Warriors in goals per game. So they're going to need to have some great defensive efforts to get that in there. Eli McLaughlin putting this team on his back with Banesh uh, sitting in, uh, in the dressing room. Four goals to assist. Three of those goals coming down the stretch that ultimately gave the Mammoth the win.
1: Um, well, listen, I think this is how Colorado is going to have to win games this year. Just because their offense hasn't really, <clears throat> excuse me, really been clicking yet so far. And I know we got a ways to go, but I think really, you know, ten is going to be the number for the Mammoth. If they can score over ten, I think they got a good chance because I think Dylan Ward in that defense is is pretty good, and they're going to keep teams around the ten mark more often than not. Uh, but to do it to Georgia was impressive, and and to do it on their home floor on what was Beach Night there. We're going to talk to Teddy Jenner about this. Uh, the boys dressed up in like Hawaiian shirts on TV. Uh, I don't know what the heck was going on there. I had the volume down. So I couldn't really tell uh, <clears throat> what was going on, but uh, you go back to Banesh, and and I reached out and and you know I said, man, like I hope you're doing okay. For fans that don't know, like Binesh was coming right down the middle of the floor, right to the top of the crease, kind of shot, dove into the crease head first, and went right into the leg pad of Mike Poolin. And those guys are real good buddies, so there was no intent there, but just the way. Banesh's head kind of contacted Poulin's leg that was kind of planted in the turf. And you see Banesh like grab for his neck right away. Pretty scary, but I think it was just a real severe stinger. I don't even think it was concussion related because I know Benny's had some issues in that department as well. So um, I think it was just a real bad stinger, which can be super scary because your body goes completely numb for a minute. And um, I'm glad my man Benny boy is okay coming out of that one. And a big win for the Mammoth as they get to 3-5. and five, Georgia drops to 7-4. and four. I'll have to double-check that. Um, maybe you That's can do it. Okay. That so, yeah. yeah, so you got that wrong. I got that right. Just to recap that one more time there, Evan. Um, and now we move on to Vancouver. Warriors hosting... The Saskatchewan rush, and the rush, of course, coming off of three straight losses. Vancouver had won two out of three, including their most impressive victory of the season over San Diego. Feeling pretty good about themselves coming into this one. We get late news that Chris Corbeil is not going to play in that game. We get late news that Curtis Knight is going to go back and take his place on defense. That meant Connor Robinson draws into the lineup. And, oh yeah, Adam Shute is going to start in goal instead of Evan Kirk. What does that all end up culminating in? A 15-13 victory for the rush as they get back into the win column and get back to five hundred. This one, Mark Matthews kind of pulled the chain along with Robert Church. Uh, good performance. Not a great performance, but they got the job done in a two-goal win over Vancouver.
2: You're struggling. A win is a win. And I think that's where we got to start with because the rush's performance in this game was not good uh they on defense they were missing slides all over the place shoot made some critical saves in the fourth quarter but other than that he really was shaky at times now given he hasn't played a whole lot of minutes and he in in his entire career so he's going to need some floor time to work that out uh even on offense when you looked at the rush how many one-handed passes were they chucking around you know like the They just were not controlling the game that they were the way they were used to. Give Vancouver a lot of credit. These are games a year ago, the or two years ago even, the stealth, they'd be losing this game twenty four to ten. So the improvements there, it's still a loss. Vancouver is now last in the West again, and they've played more games than everybody else. So they've got some work to do to get back up there. Um but for the rush, they're gonna need a better performance this week, because if they have a repeat performance of what happened on Saturday, I don't know if they win.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And, like, I'll say this about Adam Shoot At halftime, when he let that... Well, just before halftime, he let a shorthanded goal go in from kind of the almost goal line extended from Keegan Bell, or Ball, excuse me, and I thought Derek Keegan was going to hook him right there and, and start Evan Kirk in the second half, and I wouldn't have batted an eyelash, but give... Adam Shute some credit, give Derek Keenan some credit for sticking with him because Adam Shute was exceptional in that second half and really helped the rush get it done. But you're right, there's still some issues there on defense, some really open looks. Offensively, a little predictable maybe is the is the issue there in Saskatchewan, and, and they need to kind of tweak the offense a little bit because I think they've been running the same systems for so long the teams are kind of starting to figure it out a little bit. But the other part of me thinks like, they were running their offense and executing their offense. They just weren't kind of completing that last phase of it. You know, they'd get the open look. They'd find the open guy, and then the pass would get knocked down or it'd be dropped or it'd get deflected or they'd whiff on the shot or something, you know what I mean? They they were executing, and then the final little piece of the puzzle wasn't quite happening. But uh, a gutty performance without their captain uh, to pull one out against Vancouver is playing good lacrosse. Mitch Jones uh, continues to impress me with what he has been able to do in Vancouver since coming over. Logan Schuss kind of struggled in that game as well, and that might have been the difference for Vancouver. They didn't get much production out of the bus, and um, Saskatchewan, 15-13, they'll take it, but uh, you're right. They'll have to be better against Colorado on Friday night. Uh, One more game to go here, Evan, and it was the return leg of the home-and-home. So a quick turnaround here for both these teams as they have to take the bus. I think they got into Mohegan Sun about 3 a.m. after leaving Philadelphia. New England has been really good on their home floor all year long. And Philly jumped out to a quick lead in this one. They start uh, Doug Jamison do the Black Wolves. That paid off as they go away winning this one in convincing fashion. 17-11 your final.
2: And like I said before, Philly literally—they pushed so hard in the opening game that they they ran out of gas in this one. Um, And this is why, when you look at uh, back-to-backs with a home-and-home series, it's rare that a team wins both of them because once pushed so hard to win the opener, that they just don't have anything left for the second one. Doug Jamison, of course, stepping in for Alex Bouquet or Buke if they <laughs> like to call him Philly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Uh, uh,
1: that's but, you know, somebody not doing their homework is what that is.
2: Yeah. But critical game for both teams, because if Philly wins that game, they're just a half a game out of a playoff spot. Instead, they are two and a half back. Um, New England now is... Uh, a little more solid in their playoff spot. They're two games up. Perhaps a bit of a missed opportunity, not sweeping to get three games ahead. But now you got to look at some major separation uh, between New England and the bottom two. They're in the driver's seat at this stage for that fourth spot.
1: Yeah, I think that's what they needed. They needed the split. They got the split. Uh, it was good to see my guy, Dougie Jameson get a start and impress in that start. I know we've kind of been a little bit hard on New England saying they need to pick a starter there, but on a back to back situation, especially a quick turnaround back to back, that's the perfect time to give your other goalie a start. And when you get your start, you got to make the most of it. And I thought Dougie Jameson did that. He looked a little suspect at the start of the game, but settled in nicely and uh, steers his Black Wolves to a 17-11 victory and and if you're keeping score at home this is actually something I'd like you to do Evan if uh, when you have some time is find out the records so far of teams that have won on their home floor and teams that have won on their away floor because this week here in week 10 five out of the six home teams won their games and it was just Saskatchewan that was the only team on the road to win and i kind of feel like this has been a trend all year long
2: actually i got it right in front of me here and if you take a look why am i not
1: surprised about that
2: west teams not doing as well at home but the east teams here it is toronto four and one buffalo five and one georgia four and one new england four and one rochester two and one the only ones are losing records philly at two and four the west not so much you got uh calgary and saskatchewan at two and one or sorry Cal- uh, Saskatchewan, San Diego, two and one. Calgary, two and two. Colorado, two and three. Vancouver, just one and four. So it's a little different between the two divisions.
1: Okay. Well, during our next break, you can add up all those totals and then give me an actual uh, total of who is one at home and who is not. Okay. Uh, we're coming up to our break. Before we do that, please update the fans on the overall standings after Week Ten.
2: Well, I mean we're still continuing to be close. You're thirty two and eighteen. I'm thirty one and nineteen, so we're both doing quite well. Um, so th- just thirty two and
1: eighteen is, is better than thirty one and nineteen, is that right?
2: I, I, I got that. But
1: Okay, you know, just it's, just it's, it's checking that, there, just checking.
2: It's good that we're close because otherwise it would kind of be a boring segment and also this week I don't know if we're gonna have a differentiating pick looking at the three games. I think we might be stuck with a one-game separation again this week.
1: Well, we might be. You never know. We'll uh, we'll have to figure that out on a very light week eleven and who you got coming up a little later in the show. But now we got to get to break because we got our first guest coming up here on Extreme Threads, Lacrosse Classified. It's the goaltender for the Toronto Rock. He goes by the name of Nick Rose, and he will join us here on Lacrosse Classified next on the Lax All Stars Podcast Network.
0: Pure Vita Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come.
2: Hey, this is Dane Doley from the Calgary Roughnecks. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All Stars, growing the game one podcast at a time.
1: Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All Stars Podcast Network, where we grow the game one podcast at a time. Speaking of growing the game, that's what our friends at Pure Vita Labs are doing, sponsoring tons of lacrosse athletes uh everything is choice certified natural products there at pure vital labs make sure you check them out at pvl.com or at pure vital labs they make the best supplements on the market so why wouldn't you use them i'm not sure um evan i know you're on them how's it going oh it's going
2: so so far so good i'm actually stabilizing instead of gaining weight which is a good thing and got to put a little more work in to get it down a
1: bit more stabilizing well i think we got like three guys on the line that could all use a little bit of stabilizing as we join we're joined by our next guest right now uh he's definitely in the best shape of the three of us i can say that uh goaltender nick rose from the toronto rock rosie i think this is the very first time we've had you on lacrosse classified thanks for joining us yeah no problem nice for having me on jumbo in heaven our pleasure man. Uh well, you got to be feeling pretty good about uh yourself and the Toronto Rock after another big victory over the weekend, 12-11 over San Diego. Why don't we start there? Uh came right down to the dying seconds. There you had to make some clutch stops uh at the buzzer, but uh, another big victory for the Rock. Uh, how you guys how you guys feeling after, you know, a a good portion of the season so far?
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously that was a close one and San Diego uh gave us all that we could handle and I mean there's there's been quite a bit of talk about how them and even Philadelphia aren't really true <laughs> expansion teams, it feels like. They're playing everybody close and obviously San Diego's doing a bit better than Philly, but Philly's uh uh they they probably should have beat us twice to be honest with you. So um yeah, the game against San Diego was good. Um it was nice to I think we held a lead the entire game, but um it never really felt like uh it ever got out of reach for them. So uh, for us to also kill off a, a penalty in the last few minutes and uh, close that one out was uh, pretty good for us. And uh, yeah, we're feeling good. Obviously, I mean, um, anytime you go on a six-game winning streak, that's uh, it's not an easy thing to do in the NLL. But I do also think we've got the group that recognizes. Uh, um, that maybe we haven't actually been playing our best lacrosse yet, and we've, we've also had to win four or five uh, one-goal games. So we know there's a lot more work to be done and a lot lot left in this season, so we got to keep going. And now that you're 7-1, and one, you know, you're five games
2: ahead of Rochester, you're six games ahead of Philly. Clearly, you've pretty much got a playoff spot locked up, but how important is it for you guys to get first place at the stage? Is it you just want to get to the dance, or... Do you want that, you know, potentially easier matchup in that opening round?
3: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. As far as regular season, kind of the goals and end every all season, I think for pretty well every team is, first, you obviously want to get in the playoffs. And then second, you probably want to win your division. And obviously this year, there's no bye bye weekend anymore. But um, regardless, you you want to have that confidence of... uh, knowing and feeling like you're the best team heading into the playoffs and that's kind of our goal right now is just to keep going and and uh yeah we obviously have some big games with uh another one with georgia two left with buffalo so i think it uh has a lot to do with just uh gaining confidence uh towards the end of the season
1: speaking with goaltender nick rose of the toronto rock and and you mentioned earlier nick about winning four or five one goal games and there's a lot of teams in this league that would like to be able to say that not everybody can say that and it's really i mean a knack in lacrosse to win those one goal games and that can really mean the difference in a season or not what's been the difference for you guys why do you think you're winning those one goal games and not winning those one goal games
3: um i'm not too sure what the answer is for that but um I do know I've been, in uh, the year we went to the finals, probably three or four years ago, I think we won a few overtime goals, probably five or six or maybe even seven one-goal games that season, so uh, it's definitely uh, huge to be able to come out on the right side of those uh, uh, no matter what season it is, but um, I, I don't know. I think that that's kind of uh, slowly became our identity is to get a lead and keep a lead and then... Just close it out when we have to, and uh, there's obviously been some nail <laughs> nail biters. I mean, that first game against Philadelphia, we were pretty well dead in the water. If Schreiber doesn't make the play he de- or that he did, and and we get to overtime, and um, I, I do think it has a, somewhat to do with uh, the character of the guys in the room, and and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't have a for sure answer for you, but I do know that uh, I I like winning those ones instead of losing them. So far, you're the only goaltender in the league that's played every minute of every game.
2: Um, is that something you like, just you, you don't you don't want to be on the bench, you want to be out there all the time, or any concerns potentially about wearing out too quickly this season?
3: Um, No, I, I mean, I, I've been with Matty Sawyer for a long time, since back to junior, and I know he's kind of said uh, some comments to me before that even back in junior, like he kind of had to ride me. and. And uh and I I was like in junior lacrosse and senior lacrosse uh, in the summertime you're playing essentially you sometimes four or five games in six or seven nights and um you have to be ready and I I like to play and um it's mm-hmm. kind of same with Oakville like I I don't really like taking nights off and I think uh, Maddie knows that and so far it's worked out so far this season and I'm just gonna keep kind of doing what I'm doing and. Um, be expecting to play uh, from here on out. But obviously, if Hutch gets an opportunity, then I'll be happy for him as well. So I mean, uh, yeah, I, I like to play, and I, I'm gonna just kind of keep doing what I'm doing.
1: Speaking with Nick Rose, and and I gave you a little ribbon off the top, Rosie, about uh, being in shape and and you know where you're at with that. And and it's like for me, like you need to have the body type that you have to be the goalie that you are, and and there's guys around the league. You look at Bouquet and DiRuscio, and then you look at other guys like Bold and Vince who are just like there's not an ounce of fat on them. But I really feel like if you, like, dropped a bunch of weight, you wouldn't be the goalie that you are. You know what I'm saying there? Is that something like you're just comfortable? And it's not like you're out of shape. I want to make that clear, but it's like you're comfortable in your body. That's what suits you the best to be the best goalie you can be.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think after uh, ten or I guess it's my eleventh season in the NL, I have a good idea of what I got to do during the week to be prepared for every game. And um, and yeah, I mean, I maybe there's some a lot of truth to that. Whether uh, whether uh, like to be the goalie that I am or be as good as I can be, I got to be uh, as big as I am still. But I mean, um, I, I just I, I just think that. Uh, Yeah, like, I'm just kind of comfortable with uh, how I'm playing right now, and I'm just kind of, like I said, just preparing the same way I have for a a long time, and uh, it's uh, suited me uh, pretty well so far.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely working for you. And I just bring that up because I know, like, Tyler Richards, who I was – pretty close with it coming up through his career. He was always a little little over, and, and but he was always one of the best goalies in the league, and he kind of, like, after 2011, he's like, that's it, I'm getting in the best shape I possibly can, and started doing yoga, and dropped a bunch of weight, and then I felt like his game kind of went away from him a little bit doing that. So uh, that's kind of why I, why I bring that up. As we speak with Nick Rose, and and you talked about your career. You've been in the league for ten or twelve years now, and it's it's been quite the road for you, Nick. Like you you start off in Boston as a backup, then you go to Calgary, and then you come to Toronto, and you're you're kind of you know behind Brandon Miller, and then you're sharing time, and then you finally become a starter, but you weren't really you know, performing probably the way you wanted to, and you just kind of kept building and kind of kept working, and it's all kind of culminated into this spot you're in now where you've won six in a row, you're at the top of the standing. Do you feel like your game has continually improved over the course of the last decade, Nick? Do you feel like you're still getting better as a goaltender?
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, uh, like I touched on not long ago, I mean, I, I do play a lot of lacrosse, and I... I like to play a lot in the summertime with, uh, like I'm with Oakville now. But um, I, I still love the game, and I, I try to learn as much as I can uh, from the game. Uh, whether I'm playing, I I also coach in the summertime. I help with uh, our junior A team out in Orangeville, so I'm around the game a lot, and I try, just try and soak up as much as I can uh, with uh, or from a lot of the great people that I'm surrounded by and all of my uh, roles in this game and um, yeah i i do think that uh i'm continually trying to get better and uh i i obviously think that this season has uh has been a nice kind of uh road so far but um again i mean i i've been around long enough to know uh how quickly things can change if you if you kinda get too relaxed and um yeah from from an outsider's standpoint maybe uh when b miller was here it was uh for for a while there it was kind of his show and he is an incredible goalie in person and I learned so much from him and I think uh, I think the way we both kind of handled that situation has definitely helped me go forward obviously he's retired now but um hopefully it helped him uh, in his last few years as well but um yeah I just try and uh not overthink it too much and just play my game and uh usually at the end of each game, if uh, I think that I had a good one, I, I, I'm happy with myself. But um, I also usually know if I've had a bad one. So, um, yeah, I, I keep continuing to try and learn uh, as much as I can. You had one of the craziest stats a few years ago in that you managed to actually
2: score two goals in the same season. And I know I was having fun with it on random thoughts, tracking all the guys that you were actually <laughs> scoring in the league. When that opportunity comes, is that something you relish? Or is that just the fluke of the situation when you see it and it just happened to go in?
3: Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's a bit of a fluke of the situation. I mean, my, my first goal of the year before, I think we were oh in five actually. And uh, we were playing Buffalo and we were up a couple goals uh, late and they, kind of didn't seem like the game was out of hand but just since it was our first win of the season i i just had that opportunity and i just kind of <laughs> threw it to try and ice the game and and then obviously the next year uh, there was two more situations where uh where yeah i mean late in the game i mean if if i don't have an outlet pass uh right away then i i don't really have an option because i got to get the ball out of my crease within four seconds and get it over half with an I think uh, probably at least two of them. I just uh, didn't think that I would be able to make a proper outlet pass, so <laughs> figured uh, I figured just throwing it uh, straight down the floor was the best option, and it worked out. So. Well, hey, hey,
1: you might want to yeah. you might want to help out your boy Suits, uh, Rosie. I don't know if you saw it yesterday. <laughs> did you did you see him come down on the breakaway uh, last night and go for the reverse backhand? He, he's having a hard time putting the ball in the goal, so he said I, I had to try something. Uh, maybe he can take some tips from you.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to touch on that. I know how I know how sensitive yes, to me sometimes. I know. So. I'm probably no, going to hear he about has, just
1: saying that, but yeah, I hear you.
3: Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's been doing his job on the back end though, now for a little while. Uh, it seems like he's kind of back in his own and I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure he's fine. Uh, well, that's what not, I told uh, him. That's what I told him. Not putting up too many points if he's playing good defense. So. Yeah,
1: I said you're helping your team win in multiple ways. Don't worry so much about scoring goals. The goals will come. Uh, just keep doing your job out there, and I think Andrew Suter's done a good job of that. Uh, you're doing a good job. Couple more minutes here with Nick yep. Rose of the Toronto Rock, Evan. I think you're up.
2: Yeah, I was watching your Instagram there yesterday. You had Chal and Rogers suit up in the yeah. goal-setting equipment. I think it was a peewee game he was out there playing. What do you think of his performance as your starting job in Jeopardy?
3: Um. Yeah, well, we were just uh, on Sundays, uh, Colin Doyle and Chal and coach up the the younger kids, takes novices, and peewees, and um, one of the goalies was away, so he asked me, uh, I was just here kind of hanging, and, he asked me if he could use my equipment, and he suited up. And uh, he actually wasn't too bad. He was making some uh, unorthodox saves, but uh, they all kind of count uh, <laughs> the same on a score sheet, anyways. So mm-hmm. he, uh, yeah, he wasn't too bad. But I don't. I also don't want to give him too too many props because <laughs> it'll go go right to his head. I imagine.
1: Well, I wanted to ask you about Challenger. I, that takes some some guts, right there, to put on another man's goalie gear. Man, that kind of, that just kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies thinking about what that would feel like uh, or smell like, for that matter. Um, Nick, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to talk about uh, the honey badger, Bruce Cod. Since coming over to Toronto, the defense has really taken a turn for the better, and I know he's a, a, a also a hornhead, a, a, a teammate of yours. Um, just talk about the impact that Bruce Cod has had on probably on your game as well but on that toronto defense
3: yeah i mean it's pretty evident especially this season what he's what he means to our defense i mean this this is arguably probably one of the best defensive units i've played behind this season and uh um he's just so easy to talk to he's uh he's a player's coach as far as just communicating with every guy and cracking jokes keeping it light and he he can obviously be intense when he has to be too, but he, uh, he's just such a great, uh, great guy and, and knows how to communicate his message, uh, correctly, I think to, uh, to each and every guy. And, uh, yeah, it's been fun working with him with the Northman as well, actually too. And, uh, we've been, uh, we're both on the executive for the Northman alumni too for the last uh, probably six or seven years. So Yeah, we yeah, got.
1: Been, sorry, Nick. We got to yeah. chat about that because uh, I'm starting to head yeah. up the junior ADNAC alumni, and I always look to the Northman alumni and go like, that's what I envision. That's what I want things to be. So I really need to, to get you and Brucey on the line and, and figure out what you guys are doing there because I think the Northman alumni is just unbelievable the way you guys run that program. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's
3: actually a lot of fun for all of us, and um, that's kind of led by uh, Bruce Cod and Josh Sanderson, Glennie Bryan, who's a bit younger, but um, we seem to have a pretty good blueprint of what works for our guys, and uh, when you have uh, about 60 or 70 guys that uh, no questions asked, want to get together and have some drinks and a good time, uh at least a few weekends of the teaser of the year, then uh, then it makes it easy on us. But uh, yeah, we love putting together different events and having some fun with guys uh, we've uh, had to go to battle with. You're one of
2: these lucky guys that gets to earn your, almost your entire living out of lacrosse. You manage the track. You play for Phil Rock. You work with the Northmen. Uh, you also have Chance Lacrosse for your goaltending clinics. Just give us a bit of a preview um, this summer, what we're looking at, uh, both of the Northmen and the Rock.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, nothing's going to change, I'm going to be pretty busy as far as lacrosse stuff goes. Uh, I'm planning on being back with Oakville Rock, uh, hoping that we can get uh, pretty well all the boys back and take another uh, run and try to finally get that Man Cup, uh, uh, or at least get to the Man Cup and have a chance at it, but uh, it hasn't been easy since we've been in Oakville, so. Uh, that's the plan as far as playing, and then um, I'll still be back with the June A's. Uh, I'm the assistant GM. Our regular, or our general manager is Bob Cleavely, who's been there uh, a long time and one of the smartest lacks guys I know. Um, and then I think uh, uh, shooter Jeff Sanderson's trying to recruit me for his uh, Pee Wee Northman team as well. So, uh, so yeah, so I'm pretty well going to be at an arena every every day of the week but uh, i don't mind that it's fun it's still fun for me i enjoy the game and uh i'm sure i'll be uh, doing some goalie clinics i know uh, uh a lot of the goalies around here uh, love uh, love doing clinics and um have finally uh obviously over the years and in, in lacrosse anywhere uh, goalies haven't always got uh, proper training so that's also been uh a good passion of mine and uh it's been fun to help a lot of the goalies here in ontario uh take that next step so yeah i'll be busy this summer but uh that's all right for me
1: it's a good kind of busy uh nick there's nothing more than i'd like to see the oakville rock attend the man cup out west the junior Northmen attend the minto cup out west and Coquitlam even hosting the minor nationals this year. So who knows? Those Peewee Northmen could end up out west as well. So good luck to the Toronto Rock, the Oakville Rock, the Junior Northmen, and those Peewee Northmen as well. Appreciate your time here on Lacrosse Classified, Nick Rose, and uh, we'll catch up sooner than later, I'm sure. Yeah,
3: thanks a lot for having me. Keep doing the good work.
1: Appreciate it, man. Uh, Nick Rose, number 66 for your Toronto Rock, and playing at the top of his game right now, Evan Schemenauer for the Toronto Rock, and there's no, uh, no mistaking, he's a big reason why they've won six in a row and sit at the top of the standings.
2: And even in that last game, you know, he stopped those three critical shots at the end of the game and led the team to victory. It's uh, it's no fluke, this team's 7-1, and one, and He's one of the main
1: catalysts at this stage. Absolutely. And just like, I don't know if there's a more efficient goaltender in the National Lacrosse League. He's always in the right position. He makes making saves look effortless, and that's why he can probably play the amount of minutes that he does is because he doesn't need to expend the type of energy that maybe like Adele Bianco or a Matt Vince does while playing a game. He's just always in the right spot and makes the save look easy and then makes a few that he probably shouldn't as well. That was a good chat with Nick Rose, but we got to take a break here on lacrosse classified because on the other side, we got the voice of the Colorado mammoth. Good friend of mine, Ted Jenner will join us on the other side. Keep it right here on Lacrosse All Stars Podcast Network.
0: Serving the business and sports community since 2018, Extreme Threads provides custom design apparels around the world, specializing in lacrosse. They deliver exceptional quality and service, customizing box and field team apparel and uniforms extreme threads offers free design work and takes the time to ensure you get exactly what you need for your team or club contact extreme threads at sales at extremethreads.ca for your custom apparel needs today
4: hey this is glenn clark the head coach of the new england black wolves you're listening to lacrosse classified blacks all-stars podcast network
1: All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. It's Extreme Threats Lacrosse Classified with Jake Elliott, Evan Schemenauer, and now joined by the voice of the Colorado Mammoth. He's also got a podcast I've heard about. I haven't listened to it uh, yet, but uh, I hear he's got one. We'll talk about that uh, briefly as well. It's the voice of the Colorado Mammoth. It's Teddy Jenner. It's his first time on the show. Uh, Welcome, Theo. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me. We appreciate you uh, spending some time with us here, man. Uh, let's start uh, in Denver a couple of nights ago. I didn't have a chance to have the volume up, so I couldn't really hear what was going on in Colorado, but I did see something that kind of startled me a little bit, and that was you, Shuey, and, and Johnny Gallant uh, wearing your best Tommy Bahamas outfit. Uh, what the heck was going on in Colorado? Ah, It was the beach party, man. It's a little chilly
4: in Colorado right now, so they thought they'd heat things up and hold their first ever beach party inside the Pepsi Center. And uh, fans all throughout the arena were wearing coconut bras. They were drinking out of coconuts. They were wearing board shorts and tank tops, sunglasses. Uh, it was a good old time. So um, the people at Altitude thought they'd uh, let us get in on the fun. So I uh, got to give a shout out to the shoe bomber who hooked me up. Uh, with the lay and the glasses, and uh, like, it was good. Like, was a you, good time.
1: Did you go like buy those shirts when you got to Denver? Or is that did you bring I that I actually down?
4: had the shirt. Oh. I owned the shirt that oh. I was wearing. Oh. Uh, Chewy and Johnny bought theirs off of Amazon, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looked,
1: like well it, it looked like a good it time. It looked like a good time. It was a
4: good time. It was a good time. Perhaps you were just in trying to enjoy
2: the beach because the last week it's been just below zero in Victoria, snow on the ground. And if you follow Teddy on Snapchat, you'll know how much this drove him nuts. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I know the Colorado mammoths, you know, the, the front office listens to this show every week. My suggestion is Mammoth Office, get Teddy to Saskatchewan this week. Mm. It's only about minus twenty. It'll be very enjoyable for them. Get them on the broadcast booth. How do you think about that?
4: Uh, I have thought about making my way out there, but until it gets to plus twenty, I don't want to go anywhere near that.
1: It's. Uh, it, I mean, it's. It's a different kind of cold, Teddy. I'll tell you that. Uh, you, you don't until you've experienced. Saskatchewan cold, you really don't know what cold is, but it's uh, nice and warm inside SaskTel Center. We know that. Uh, Building will be rocking. Why don't we talk about that? Uh, Mammoth, well, they get the victory over the Swarm, and uh, I'm being told at the top of the show here that I didn't know this, but Georgia has never won in Denver. I don't know if you knew that, uh, but pretty impressive performance there from Denver to, to get another win on their season, and one really they desperately need it. Yeah,
4: it's uh, now five trips to the Pepsi Center in a row since the Swarm have moved down to Georgia uh, that they haven't won a game in the Pepsi Center. It goes back to, I believe, uh, 2011 was the last time that the Swarm team won in Denver. So uh, the Mammoth do have a bit of a number on the Swarm, and and that was probably the best 60 minutes and complete game that Colorado has played all year. Assistant Captain Robert Hope said before the game to John Gallant, they had a game plan in place to put Lyle Thompson in difficult situations and not allow him uh, clean shots. And as a result, he only had one goal, and that was on the power play. Uh, They did an incredible job defensively. Uh, And then out the front door, I thought it was probably one of the best games the O has played speed-wise. They were always moving. They were always putting the ball in good opportunities. Obviously, the loss of Ryan Vanesh here at the end of the first half was a big one, uh, but everybody rallied around him and picked him up, uh, and it came away with uh, a, a huge win that puts them over Vancouver for fourth in the West, gives them two wins in a row, two home wins in a row, uh, so they're starting to build a bit of momentum after a slow start. And that injury there with Ryan you know, obviously all of us
2: scared for him uh, and a lot of support there for Benny, but... Had that been more serious, I think everybody in Colorado was seeing their season flash before their eyes because without him, and as much as that offense is struggling, it would have been a tough slug to to move their way up the standings.
4: Yeah, and I I know everybody was holding their breath uh, when Benny went down. Obviously, a bit of a stinger, um, but he, he was okay. He was up and moving. He had x-rays. Uh, he wanted to get back in. He was pleading his case, but... Uh, the Mammoth staff and and um, people were just saying, no, it's it's not the right idea. But yeah, if, if Benny goes down, I think uh, that's a big loss. But we saw that without him, guys like Eli McLaughlin and Kyle Killen and Ryan Lee can really bring their game to another level. And, and that's what you need. When one of your brothers goes down, you need everyone else to pick him up. And, um, you know, it hasn't been a great start to the season, but now we're starting to move in a proper direction.
1: And I think it's something that we've seen a little bit in Saskatchewan as well, as we speak with Teddy Jenner, that, you know, Jeremy Talevi coming on the defensive bench, and although it's a lot of the same personnel there on the back end for Saskatchewan, when you have a new coach come in, even though if it's not a new head coach, it still takes time for his message to kind of sink in with the new guys, even though they're running the same system, it's the same players, it's all the same, but it's still a different voice back there. Have you think? Do you think there's been a little bit of that in Colorado with Andrew McBride and Shawnee Williams coming in?
4: I think after the first game against San Diego, uh, the Mammoth tried some different things, and, and Andrew McBride's first game as the D coach, they, they tried some different schemes, they tried some different slide packages, and it didn't work, and they got, I don't want to say embarrassed, but they got blown out of the water by San Diego, and immediately they made changes. And since that first game, their defense has been back to where we've expected it to be, holding teams under 12, putting them in tough situations. The short man unit is still number one in the national lacrosse, and that's been their bread and butter. Offensively, it's taken a little bit more time, and you wouldn't have thought that when you looked at the roster, seeing that all seven guys at the front door were part of the Mammoth team last year. You thought they'd kind of have a bit of cohesion right out the gate, but Sean Williams has started to put in some pieces that's taken the guys a little bit longer to adjust to. Uh, but I think now that they're in the meat of the season, uh, they've started to get on the road. They've got away from home. They've put some new pieces into place. Uh, I think they've kind of found their groove. And with the emergence of, like I said, Ryan Lee in his second year, Kai, Kyle Kill and the rookie, two RIT guys have taken their games to another, another level. Uh, we're starting to see the speed that this offense needs to play with. And I think a lot of that has to do with Sean Williams and his system of move your feet, move the ball, get to the middle. And they're starting to have success.
2: This year is going to be one of those years where the West is going to be exciting to watch for, for the first time in a long time. Past years, the rush are just running away with it early, but now we've got Calgary at five and five, San Diego and Saskatchewan, both four and four, the Mammoth at three and five, Vancouver at three and seven. So, (laughs) <laughs> every game is just magnified in importance all of a sudden because
4: everybody's in it and everybody could be out of it. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting with five teams in the West, finally someone's going to miss the playoffs. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, I think it's going to be a battle right down to the end. Like you said, Evan, you know, usually it's Saskatchewan running away with things and creating some distance. And, and I think that everybody still has a shot out West to to really – put a run together, string some wins, and climb back into the seedings. And I think by the time this is over, the the musical chairs in the Wild Wild West will have taken a turn uh, a few more times. We're going to see every weekend, whether you win, whether you lose, whether you play or whether you don't, you're going to be shuffling up and down the standings. So the West is definitely going to be something people are going to want to keep their eye on.
1: Yeah, and any time that Colorado and Saskatchewan have gotten together over the last couple of years here, Teddy, it's it's been really good lacrosse to watch. And mm-hmm. you look at it here, we're eight games into the year, three and five Colorado, four and four Saskatchewan. This is a massive game coming in to Saskatchewan in a really light week, 11, just three games. A Friday nighter, what are you expecting Colorado at Saskatchewan on Friday night?
4: Well, unfortunately, Colorado hasn't had the best of luck in Saskatchewan. They've always played great one-goal games, but just haven't really been able to find uh, that extra couple goals to get the victory. But I think the way both these two teams are playing, they're going to come out hungry, and they're going to be uh, a game that is going to be fast-paced. I think it's going to be a very defensive battle, but you're going to see both offenses do all they can to make the goaltenders look silly in this one. Uh, I expect a, a physical, fast game like these two teams always play. Uh, but I think we're going to have to keep an eye on uh, Dylan Ward and possibly Evan Shoot between the pipes, who's kind of a, a great story for the Rush right now. Looking back uh, at
2: the expansion that's happened this year, you've actually been on the opposite side of some of these expansion teams—a one and fifteen
4: Rush team. The league is clearly. Thanks for bringing came- that up. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we won't. Bring Wasn't up there the one two? there's two teams here. One and fifteen. That that two, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> one and fifteen twice in back-to-back years, guys. Thanks for bringing that up. Anyways, it's good that the league
2: has finally taken a positive approach, and even with those two expansion teams this year, there's no off nights to go. You know, take a cruise, even playing them this year.
4: Yeah, and I think that uh, that has to be a lot of credit giving to guys like Paul Day and Patrick Merrill and the coaching staffs and and the the office people within those organizations that have done their due diligence and, and selected people that will come into their organization and help right away. Obviously, Philadelphia hasn't had the start that San Diego has, and I think when you looked at rosters at the start of the year, you probably could have predicted that. I don't think as many people saw San Diego as successful as they are, but I think as we continue to grow this league, in the amount of quality lacrosse players that are in the league right now, and you're going to distribute them to new teams every year, every couple years, I think expansion teams are going to have a lot more success as the years go on.
2: Looking at the media strategy the NLL's has employed, they've looked at really very much of a digital strategy. Uh, there's been a lot of people, including myself, out there saying, we need to get this game on television because behind a closed paywall, you're not going to grow to the game. What's your stance on this? Do they need to get onto television to grow it, or are
4: they good going the way they are? I've always believed, Evan, that, that for this league to continue to grow, being on TV is massive, especially in North America. If you want to have a pay structure for people outside of North America so they can watch the National Crossing, I think that's fine because, as of right now, you can't watch the NLL outside of North America. But I think on the north american continent on home soil i think there needs to be some sort of national tv deal Uh, i love what colorado does with altitude i know uh the vancouver warriors have warriors and 30 and their games are going to be on radio um you guys are on the radio with the bull i think the more exposure we can get the better but i truly believe that For the random person to be able to flip through their television and see lacrosse on TV, that is where you're going to get eyes to continue to stick on the game. You're not going to find a random casual sports fan just looking up BR Live and flipping on a lacrosse game. So I know the league and the commissioner are really headstrong on the digital and the OTT style of lacrosse and viewership. But in my humble opinion, and I know a lot of people have this ideology that, for this game to continue to grow, it has to. It has to be on a larger scale, and that is
1: television. Couldn't agree more, Teddy Jenner. And then uh, they can just hire both of us to to do the national broadcast, which would be uh, even better. Um, speaking of exposure, let's get uh, let's get this in here before we let you go. I know uh, you got a little you got a little bent, you got a little sensey pants uh, when our friend Scott Hensley. R- <laughs> rated his top five lacrosse podcasts uh lacrosse classified extreme threads lacrosse classified just happened to come in at number one and you said don't be afraid to listen to the otcb podcast scott um tell the fans off the crossbar is what it's called where they can find it when they can find it uh who you got coming on this week all that sort of good stuff
4: yeah tuesday nights uh we like to give you guys the early afternoon slot so uh we're a nighttime podcast. Oh, injury. we you like
1: to give that to us? Do you? Okay, yeah, we, I yeah. appreciate we, that. We
4: I, we gave you the afternoon. Gotcha. Spot. gotcha. So uh, we're a nighttime podcast. We're a little bit late out. So Tuesday nights, usually around six o'clock, the podcast goes live on NLL Radio and SoundCloud. Uh, you can find it uh, through my Twitter account, Off the Crossbar. This week. Uh, Marty O'Neill is going to join us to talk goaltenders. I uh, just had a great chat with Ty Merrow of the Georgia Swarm just about uh, that team's progress and, and life down in Gwinnett. He's been uh, a Georgian native for 20 years, so he kind of has a good pulse on things that are going down there, and, and he does a great job in covering the Georgia Swarm. And then, of course, Smoke and Pack Regar will join us for our weekly chat, and uh, we'll go over some hot topics, but uh, it, it's going to be a great podcast, and I know you guys do an incredible job, as does everybody else, Who's got lacrosse podcasts out there? Because you know, as we know, growing at one show at a time is a great way to get exposure to this game, and and the more people watching and listening, the better, and the more options that we have uh, of podcasts or people listen to and different viewpoints and perspectives and guests is uh, the best thing we can do to help this sport grow.
1: Couldn't agree more, and uh, I, I probably think that I've been on your podcast uh, more than anybody else, and I'm glad you finally got a chance to come on ours here, Teddy. Uh, it was a great conversation, and uh, look for Off the Crossbar after ours comes out uh, every Tuesday night, and look forward to Marty O'Neill. I always enjoy uh, listening to Marty wax eloquently about uh lacrosse and of course our good friend uh smoking pad and and i know ty and evan uh talk regularly so we'll enjoy that one coming up uh but i appreciate you stopping by here and uh we'll see what happens friday night go rush um i think you said
4: mammoth wrong so no the, the line's breaking
1: up uh, lines breaking up we gotta go thanks uh, for joining us here teddy jenner <laughs> we'll talk to you next time uh here on lacrosse classified thanks
4: boys enjoy the minus 20 <laughs> parting
1: <laughs> shots from one Teddy Jenner. Uh, check out his podcast Off the Crossbar every Tuesday. You find him on uh, social media at Af- the Crossbar as well. Uh, quick break and then we're back with the sensation that's sweeping the nation, Evan Scheminauer. A light week 11 in the National Lacrosse League, but we'll have it for you on the other side on Stampede Tax. Who you got? Coming up right here on Lacrosse Classified.
0: Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level.
1: All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Classified, Extreme Threads, Lacrosse Classified. Speaking of Extreme Threads, I think we forgot to thank them coming out of uh, our last break. So make sure you're checking out Extreme Threads at extremethreads.ca. Mention you heard my name on this Lacrosse Classified podcast. And when your team signs up for an apparel package, your coach or GM will get free apparel to go along with it. Find them at Extreme Threads. And sales at ExtremeThreads.com. Highly recommend. I know they're going to be front and center for the World Championships. They'll have a big tent there, all sorts of swag uh, to sell there. So uh, we'll look forward to that. But they support and and do up the jerseys for a number of WA teams, Junior A teams here in BC, even across uh, the country. Seneca, I know they did the War Chiefs jerseys. They do like Team Ireland, Team Poland, all sorts of stuff. They make good quality products. I highly suggest you support them. And to our good friends at Associated Labels and Packaging, Associated-Labels.com, Associated LP is as in Labels and Packaging, Sean Ashworth and the gang there. Uh, leading the way as far as labels and packaging go so make sure you're checking out our, our fabulous sponsors and just to add to it one more here who sponsors who you got on lacrosse classified it's Stampede tack and Western Wear your complete source for boots huge selection cowboy blundstone Listen, uh, I don't know if you've ever tried out or looked at the Blundstone boots, Evan. Uh, my, my lady is convincing me that we need to go get a pair of these things. I've never worn them, but apparently they're quite popular, and they're CSA-approved boots. They ship Canada-wide, located in Cloverdale since 1967, online at stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Uh, go get yourself a pair of Blundstones, because I hear they're really good. Uh, all right, here we go, Evan. It's who you got here on Lacrosse Classified. Once again, I did better than you last week, so I am now in the lead, 32-18. and 18. You were 31-19. and 19. That means you get to host, which is great this week because there's only three games. So I get the best of both worlds. You only get three games to say who you got, and I'm in the lead uh, with three games here on Week 11. So take it away, Evan Schemin
2: And I'm not too concerned about only three games, because my guess is I'll actually be behind again this week, after this week. They'll probably be hosting two weeks in a row here. All right, first up, Buffalo going to Rochester. They got blown out last time in Rochester, but Buffalo's still number two in the uh, power rankings there for LAX All-Stars. Who you got?
1: Mm. Well, Buffalo always has a hard time winning in Rochester for whatever reason. That is. Rochester had the bye week. Buffalo is absolutely rolling right now. So everything points towards the Bandits in this, which makes me want to take the Nighthawks for some reason. Dick tock. Tick. Is there a time limit? Is there a time limit? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm going to play it safe. I want to take the Nighthawks, but I'm going to take the Bandits. Give me the Bandits. Yeah, I'm
2: playing it safe too. I, I think the Bandits are rolling. Um, as much as they had a bad performance in Rochester last time, I think they'll settle that down. Uh, give me the bandits as well. Now off to the SaskTel Center. 3-5 and five Mammoth, 4-4 four four Rush, a big game for both teams. Who you got?
1: Saskatchewan. I'm taking Saskatchewan, Evan, and uh, I don't even need to back up why I'm taking Saskatchewan. They hand me a paycheck at the end of the night uh, there in Saskatoon. Pretty simple. I'm taking the rush. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm taking the rush too, and I just don't see Colorado holding Saskatchewan to ten goals, which is what they need to do to try and win this game. Um, a little different atmosphere there in Saskatoon. Uh, I'm going to take the rush, and no game Saturday, but we got. Yeah, Sunday well, I just, rush. I just wanted.
1: To, I, I didn't really give you much of an answer there uh, for that game, Evan. And I And I think Colorado getting that win at home. Against the Swarm was crucial for them uh, going into this game. Saskatchewan, who are coming off a win now, I think they should probably get their captain back in the lineup. I have a feeling Derek Keenan will go back to Evan Kirk in this game, and and I think Kirky, after watching from the bench, will be a much more focused and motivated goaltender here for the Rush. And uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if Connor Robinson stays in the lineup or not as they put up 15 goals. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I like Saskatchewan in that game for a number of reasons, not just because they're actually uh, paying my bills. So uh, going back yeah. to that. Okay, last game. So, it's a Sunday.
2: Yeah, it's a Sunday one. In the Mohegan Sun, Toronto versus New England. Toronto's the hot team in the league right now, but New England plays well on a Sunday. Who do you got?
1: They should Give me, give me a little more emotion. Give me a little more effort into that who you got in it. <laughs>
2: Oh, you want the old style one Well, Ooh, yeah God <laughs> yes I, I think
1: <laughs> I, th- I think people like the old style who you got when you say it uh, I really believe that so uh, let's let's keep that going here Toronto at New England it's a Sunday game I kind of feel like Toronto's due for a loss here I think I'm gonna take New England here Evan I I I wouldn't be surprised if Toronto wins, but I just—I six in a row, they're on the road. New England's kind of wheelhouse is that Sunday afternoon game. Give me, give me the Black Wolves. I'm tentatively taking the Black Wolves in this game. Ooh, okay,
2: so now I get my chance to catch up. I'm taking the Rock. I, as much as the Black Wolves have done well in these Sunday games, I just can't bet against the team that, A, can pull off all these one-goal wins, And B is the hottest team in the league right now, number one in our power rankings. I'm taking the rock. So now we got one difference. I got my chance to catch up,
1: and that's perfect because if we, if you get that right, then we're tied. You win the week. Uh, I'm not behind. I'm not ahead, and I get to host Uh, again. It's a no lose scenario for me right here on uh, lacrosse classifieds. Who you got? So. There you go. Recapping our picks. Uh, we're both taking the Bandits over the Nighthawks. We're both taking the Rush over the Mammoth. And you're taking the Rock. I'm taking the Black Wolves. That's Stampede Tax. Who you got? A couple more minutes here to go. Uh, running a little long this week. But a uh, couple of things to get in. We want to give a quick shout-out to my boy, our boy, Tyson who who is back in the NLL Productions fold as uh, The Flash will be airing every Wednesday on NOL productions and good to see Tyson back uh doing what he is so good at doing.
2: Absol- absolutely. You know, he he worked his butt off. He should have never uh been let go to begin with, but it is what it is. Um, I it's it's a quick five minute segment. You can go through some of the key things going on in the league. I just wish I saw than once a week because it's that good.
1: Yeah, uh, agreed, agreed. So welcome back, Tyson. Um, what else we got? Power rankings? You want to run those down quickly?
2: Okay, so first place, Toronto Rock. Um, not a surprise. 7-1, and one, top of the league. Uh, second place, Buffalo, with uh, one first-place vote amongst the group. There's a tie for third, Calgary and Georgia. Now, even though Calgary lost, Georgia lost as well, uh, and Calgary lost a tight one to Buffalo, uh, so a dead heat there. Number five, the New England Black Wolves, uh, despite the split this week. Saskatchewan moves up one spot to six. San Diego slips a couple spots down to seven. Vancouver still barely holding on to number eight, just one point ahead of Colorado at nine. Rochester's at ten, and everybody but one vote had Philadelphia last, uh, number eleven.
1: And just for the record, I have the Halifax Thunderbirds at number twelve and the New York Riptide at number thirteen. I only put the Thunderbirds ahead because they're Canadian, uh, so they get the twelve <laughs> spot. As they're, 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 people are probably going, "What are you? What are you talking about?" Yes, the National Lacrosse 12. League has introduced twelve and thirteen, their new franchises into the league here, Evan Halifax will be Rochester's roster. Stay with us here. The roster from Rochester will be going to Halifax. They will now become the Thunderbirds next year, and Rochester will get a brand-new roster via expansion there, but will remain... The Nighthawks, under the ownership of the Buffalo Bandits, Pagula family. So that's a, a, a kind of a weird maze to follow, but that's how it's going. And then the New York Riptide, Reggie Thorpe, uh, head coach and GM there, they introduced that uh, team over, both those teams over the weekend. And um, cool color scheme there for the Riptide. I really like the Thunderbird logo uh, and their color scheme as well. Uh, just generally your quick thoughts here on, on these two new teams and logos and names, Evan.
2: Well, first off, you have to have the Thunderbirds at number 10 because that is the team that they're inheriting. Um, but anyways. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, okay, okay. I, I, I absolutely love the logo in Halifax. I know a lot of people were ripping it. I love it. Um, I think it's a bit of a miss on the name. I would have loved to have seen the privateer, something to link more to Halifax. But I'm never going to be against anything that links to the First Nations culture in the game, I don't have a massive issue with it. I'm not a fan of the Riptide. i really not. Um, two reasons. Number one, that name's already been used in pro lacrosse, the failed L.A. Riptide in the MLL, and that's instantly what everybody was going towards. And bring back the Saints was what I was pushing for the longest time. Maybe it's a little bit in my heart because the first NLL game I ever saw was in the old maple leaf gardens back in january 2000 rock versus saints but i think they would have had a better time connecting with some of the older crowd had they gone back to the old name
1: yeah i mean you you kind of you're kind of double crossing yourself there because you're giving them the gears for picking riptide which was a failed franchise in the outdoor league but you also want them to go back to a, a name that didn't work out in new york previously so uh, you can't have your cake and eat it too Evan I like the color scheme I like the logos for both teams and wait till you see it on a jersey and and kind of have them roll it out completely before you pass judgment I know there's some history there with the Saints I don't I don't mind I like I like Thunderbirds and obviously uh Kurt Ststys has a huge tie to the indigenous community there and there's quite a big one in Halifax I didn't really know if there was or there wasn't uh, apparently there is, which I think is great and uh, I'm okay with the Riptide. I think uh, I think it looks good and I think it's going to work out there uh, in New York as well with that ownership group. So welcome to the National Lacrosse League Halifax Thunderbirds and New York Riptide. That brings our teams up to 13 going into uh, the 2020 season. Man. Exciting stuff in the National Lacrosse League, no question about it. Uh, finally, before we let you go here on an extended Extreme Threats Lacrosse Classified, it's been a while, Evan our random thoughts uh, about to relaunch again.
2: Yeah, finally my eyes are able to look at a computer screen for long enough, so going to have one out, um, already about five pages in. So, uh, But what I'm going to be doing over... The kids' holidays here, Well, I do have a little bit of time off, not much, is I'm going to be putting together, once again, the expansion draft projection. And it's not that this is the final roster, there's going to be trades and things like that to go on to alter this, but at least it gives you a first look at who might be exposed when the next expansion draft comes up.
1: Yeah, that'll be an interesting read. It always is. You can check that out at Lacrosse All-Stars right here where we grow the game one podcast at a time and one article at a time uh, for that matter. And last but not least is I just dropped my pen on the ground. Um, and this one's a toughie, Evan. Uh, former Rush player, former uh, Black Wolf, and now current Vancouver Warrior Aaron Bold and his his wife uh, battling cancer for I believe the third time uh, and in stage four we've kind of touched on it briefly a little bit over the last couple of weeks and it's out there now um, thoughts and prayers to Aaron Bold and his and his wife and his family who are going through another courageous battle and uh, can use our help they need our support and uh, I know he's auctioning off some some Team Canada pads and Logan Shuss has stepped up and. Uh, trying to raise some money for, for his wife's cancer treatment, uh, you can let the fans know how they can help.
2: Yeah, if you go to the Warriors' uh, Twitter page, the link's there right up near the top. Uh, the, the pads were going on auction. The auction ends on Tuesday night, so if you're listening to this on Tuesday afternoon, get over there. As we record this on Monday afternoon, the top bid was $1,015. i am hoping it goes above 2000 there's going to be a GoFundMe page set up uh, very soon because there's a lot of people who want to reach out. I know the Warriors went and did some internal auction that uh, gave uh, Boldy some money. I just a it's it's so tough to see this, and now that it's stage four, it's really not looking good. Um, but to have to see him, you know, auction off his pads to raise some money to to deal with this. Is never a good sign. I hope people, when they see the GoFundMe page, can reach out and and help a guy out.
1: He needs our support, and uh, when one of our own needs some help, the Lax community comes together like no other sport I've ever seen. And I have no doubt, uh, not only the goalie union, but the entire lacrosse community is going to get behind Aaron Bold and his family to uh, help him out as much as possible. So... Uh, Well done there, Evan. Uh, Another great show in the books here. It's episode 15, if you can believe it. We're 15 episodes into your... Uh, podcasting career here, Evan. So, uh, nice job on that. Uh, big thanks to our guests, Nick Rose and Teddy Jenner for coming on the show. Of course, our sponsors, Extreme Threads, Associated Labels and Packaging, Pure Vital Labs, and Stampede, Tack, and Western Wear for sponsoring the show. Make sure you sponsor or support those guys because without them, this show doesn't happen. So, we appreciate you, the listener, for listening to Lacrosse Classified each and every week here on lacrosse all-stars podcast network uh don't forget to subscribe follow us along on social media he is at shem lax i am at pxp for sports you can subscribe on itunes google play stitcher soundcloud and then our social media channels as well the show is at lax class i think we got it all in evan uh we're almost a minute or an hour and 20 in i should say so we should probably go now Oh, one more thing before we get you on your way. Uh, For fans that don't know, I got another podcast going uh, for the Saskatchewan Rush. It's called The Rush Hour. Uh, One is out there already. Check the Rush uh, website or uh, download their app, uh, and it's on there for you. The Rush Hour and second episode. It's coming out once a month, and episode number two is uh, en route post-haste. So uh, keep an eye out. For that, all right, now we got to go. For Evan Sheminara, Ben, Jake Elliott, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, thanks for listening to Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network.